from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yup. And joining us is Jacqueline. Hello. Turn you up just a little bit. Um, all right, before I get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage or use blind ninja studios at checkout and join today. I'd also like to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Hoppen Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Simpson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. If you're looking, if you would like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian. What have you been up to beer-related, my friend? Two things, in fact. Two whole things! <laughs> uh, very definitely, we went to Pitchfork today. We did, and we watched WrestleMania. We and are... For, like, the first time, and oh my god. into wrestling now. How Please, did if, I not know about wrestling? If you can't find us, we're watching wrestling. Okay. Yeah, we're now into wrestling. If we're you're wrestling. You're around. People. You're trying to find us. We're somewhere watching wrestling. That's our That's thing. That's just now. is now. Now this is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had. Uh, I had the English Porter. I had yeah. the Gothic IPA, and also the North of Eight Pilsner. Yeah, North Eight. Yeah, all very delicious, and and, and delicious uh, sandwich that involved uh, lots of Italian. Um, meats. Uh, what, what, what kind of meats? Italian. Italian meats. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very cool. Love to stop in there. Uh, happy birthday, Mike Fredrickson. I stupidly texted him and was <laughs> I like, told you he wasn't going to be at work today. <laughs> I was like, are you at work? Why would he? Why would Why? Why would he be at work? I don't know. I go to work on my birthday, but I guess if I worked at a brewery, I wouldn't probably do that. I mean, you did throw a birthday party for yourself, or somebody else threw you a birthday party at the brewery. Every year. Every year. You know, that was an excuse just to be able to book... Um, a band. A band that I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how can I scam someone into booking a reggae band? <laughs> That's true. And they, they were a good reggae band. They are, yeah, that, uh, what... Um, Noah Factor and the Mindsetas, and then also had Goulash the one time. They were more like sublime, I guess. Um, but because I could never bring myself to book a heavy metal band that nobody would want to watch except for me, I did the reggae thing, and and everything came out fine. Now, thing number two was hang on before before we get there. Uh, we got we got some local talk here. Oh no! Uh, yeah, so Tyler is in the chat, and he says, oh. as somebody who grew up on sixty four, I was told to never go north of eight. He's he's not wrong. He's not wrong even a little bit. We were always told don't date girls who <laughs> who are from north of eight, and then I dated a girl who was from north of eight, and, and then you learned why oh you don't date God. girls from north of eight. Her brothers even were like, oh no, man, be yeah. careful. <laughs> yeah. So Gordon's originally from north of eight, but he was adopted by folks south of eight. So okay, then there. Okay, and that's why like Gordon's like kind of sort of okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Tyler was that local. Yeah. Really. Yeah, he went to school in River Falls, if I remember no right. Way. Yeah. Okay. I should really learn more about our patrons. 
Uh, different Tyler, though. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, so I might have Tyler's mixed up, too. Who too knows? many Tyler's, not enough mics. Um, I get it. Uh, thing number two, beer-wise, was... Now I forget. Oh, um... What the hell was it? Too much beer today. Uh, you had uh, the dogfish head. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was at a restaurant that the name I can't remember. <laughs> it's a great story. Cool story, Hansel. Uh, had a Grand crew like the dogfish. I don't know if it's called a Grand crew, but stylistically it was a Grand crew. And so it was just a, a crew, but it was Dogfish Head's crew. And I had completely forgotten about the sour aspect in that beer. It's just, it's got a little bit of a, a twang to it. A tang, a tang, a twang. Tang, uh, twang. Right. Uh, a twang to it. And it is... As long as it's not very, a bang, we'll be okay. <laughs> it is malty, but but dry. And there's a little bit of a sour to it, which yeah. very, very much a pleasure to drink. Um, I just kind of want to talk about Dogfish Head for a second. Like, that's a brewery that I feel was really big about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, and then everybody got tired of their bullshit and quit drinking. Yeah. Because there was all their shit to drink. And and now it's kind of like oh they actually oh yeah they're around making really good and it turns out their beer is solid. Flying mm-hmm. Dog's another one like that where yeah. I used to drink a lot of their stuff. And what was the one that was always available everywhere in Heat Wheat or no no uh, Raging Bitch? Yeah, Raging Bitch was yeah. the one that was like you couldn't fucking swing a stick without. Yeah. Uh, Jacqueline, I don't know if you know this. Uh, all of uh, Flying Dog's uh, beers were dog themed. No. Yeah. And they had the same artist who did um, Hunter S. Thompson's. Yeah, the Gonzo. Art, the Gonzo art did their labels. Mm-hmm. It was really kind of cool. Stedman, Ralph. Ralph Stedman. Right? I think so. I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. This is the thing that I, like, when we, we did a bunch of, we did a flying dog tasting on DO at one point. Like, I mean, the show's been on the air for 10 years. How long ago? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's see. Beer-related for me. Oh, man. Well, you took my thing. Uh, (laughs) You can just tell the story again, but from your point of view. No, no. Actually, I'm going to talk about Hobbiton. (laughs) So I went to uh, New Zealand, and uh, we went to Hobbiton. Uh, and they have their own, uh, their own like beers that are like exclusive to there that are brewed by a local brewery um, in Hamilton, uh, New Zealand. Did they have the? Did we talk about this? Did they have the never-ending stew or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the never-ending, like like, like a these stew. old old timey pubs that like from, you know the look in yeah the yeah. And they'd I did not just have keep- any. And never-ending stew. I would oh. love to have some never-ending stew, but... I feel like that's something that... The Hobbiton would do? Yeah. I mean, maybe. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Seems unsanitary. No, you, if you keep it at 140 that, degrees... That's true, yeah. Then you're all good. And you just keep, so you basically just keep adding stew ingredients. Yes. And then you just have a constant stew. Yeah, never-ending stew. Jacqueline, Jacqueline seems very, like, skeptical of this. I've worked in enough restaurants to hear horror stories about pots like this. I heard one story of a restaurant that had like a, a coworker of mine's previous restaurant had like a five gallon pot of chili and they just kept warmed it up every day and they just had this chili. And when they got to the bottom of it, they realized a rat had gotten into it and had drowned in it. And they Delicious. didn't know until they, they were to the bottom. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
Now, like, but how many people had eaten that? Like that. So if it's diluted enough, like, do you even taste the rat? Yeah. Who cares? I don't know. Rat never killed any. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> like Just plague. half of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> So there is um, some value in having small batch food. Yeah, I, I stuck the bottle Craft up there. I'm trying to read it, but uh, so yeah, so the the Hobbit bottle is up on top of the thing there. I don't know if you can see it, but you so brought that like, son of a bitch all the way back. Yeah, it's oh, empty, well, but well, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, so that's the South Farthing. Um, I believe it is a bitter. Nice, uh, and it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Um, they had the bitter. They had a stout. Uh, so it was just the two, um, and then they also had a ginger beer. Oh, nice! Which was very good. Jacqueline drank a bunch of that. Um, we did a. It was it was a really cool thing. So if you ever go to Hobbiton, I highly recommend doing the evening banquet tour because you're the last tour group. So you have Hobbiton to like just yourself, basically. I, I saw like you did very well posting a lot of pictures, so I could see all that. And Lucy and I would sit and look at them and. But that the food you remember the the banquet that they had in um that um that Bilbo's birthday yeah that or like what God, what is the movie Hook oh where, yeah where with they the have imaginary like food the imaginary food I was like God that look, doesn't even look real like <laughs> it kind of did yeah and some of the food wasn't like oh. so like the, the the centerpiece had a bunch of fake food on it oh that's why and okay. it was it was super funny because like the people uh, sitting across from us like there's the, like when dessert came out there was this big discussion of like what's real and what isn't why well, kept like like. <laughs> You know, like expanding the picture and being like, like looking at, you know, I don't know. Most of it was real. Yeah. The centerpiece that was fake was like of some fancy bread. And some pies. But also the sanitary aspect, like I poked it to see if it was real. So if it was real, I had just then poked Somebody's bread. food. Somebody's food. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of that. We were all just like, eh? Uh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Or there was people sitting across from us that were convinced that the fruit was fruit was fake. And it but wasn't. The, but the person like sitting next to them was like, "I don't think it's fake, but I'm not going to test it here." So she stuck it in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they had a bunch of platters on the table, and then to fill in the space between the platters, like Casey said, there was some fruit, and I think it was just literally an unripe pear. So it was a hard pear, still a piece of very real fruit. And this lady could not get over. It not being ripe and yeah. didn't understand that it was still real, <laughs> and she did end up stealing it. <laughs> she did. Oh my god! And the worker stealing was standing by. The, the, well, so she didn't because it was an all you can eat like yeah, thing. Like I was so say. she didn't, but like she was real sneaky about it, and it was very funny. And the, <laughs> like worker, the worker standing like you don't. No, there was a worker standing it. behind her, listening to this entire thing, just almost <laughs> losing it. Like it was. Like I was watching him and her, and I was like, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me very happy. Uh, but then, so after after you get plied with food and beer and dessert and beer, um, they uh, take you back through Hobbiton and they have everything lit up. Like all of the Hobbit holes have lights in them, and they're like they're like kind of flickering. And then you go stand on the party grounds, and everything's lit up. And we had a cloudless night, and it was just beautiful. It was awesome. Yes. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, you mentioned that Casey posted a lot of pictures. He might have posted like 10. Really? My phone died after taking 117 and we were only halfway through the tour. Yeah, we took so a lot we, we took we took a lot of photos of that. Oh, I, you I, only posted yeah, I yeah, yeah, I posted like a a selection of photos on Facebook because I was like, well, posting all of them seems a little silly. Uh, no, yeah, that would be weird, but 
just trying to emphasize like it was yeah. incredible and we were over the moon. <laughs> we were, yeah, it was nice. one of the highlights of the trip for sure, which every day was a highlight. But Can I just say one thing about this before we move on? Uh-huh. Is, you know, Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand and so it draws people from all over the world to go see the film set. And you'd think as a local, you'd get sick of it. Because tourists walk through and they're like, oh, look, whatever. And then the locals are like, yeah, we've seen it 8 million times. Like, you'd think they'd get kind of jaded. No, not the case. I asked multiple locals and they were all just hardcore fans, ate all that crap up. Like, they are passionate about Lord of the Rings there and they're proud that it, like, put them on the map and it, like, funds the majority of their economy with tourism. And, like, there's so much stoke for it that, like... It's it's definitely yeah, like even uh, well and like everybody knows somebody who worked on the film, like my tattoo artist, her aunt uh, worked in the wardrobe department on the films, and and was she like, said she had some connections. And she to yeah, and she said that too. she like worked in the Hobbit and stuff too. And huh. I was like, damn, I, they're important movies, man. Yeah. Important books, important movies. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah, we should, uh, so today we're all talking about mead, M-E-A-D, mead. Uh, did, did you want another? No. Okay. Yeah. No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get through this and see. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about mead. Um, and, uh, so I made one and it's my first mead. It's fine. We're going to talk it's, about it. I enjoy it, but it's a mead. <laughs> it's a mead. Uh, there's, there's one very big flaw that Brian found. Um, and we'll talk about that right, uh, now. So the recipe I used, um, so I used a recipe from Gronfell, uh, Meadery. Uh, so Gronfell.com, they released, uh, all of their, uh, mead recipes as like homebrew clone recipes. That's awesome. Let me tell you why, because you are never going to make it taste the way that they make it taste. I don't care how hard you try. You're Mm -hmm. just not going to do it. I dare you. And that's the cool thing I think about, you know. Brewing just in general is... I think so, too. Snowflake. Um, Yeah. So this is nine pounds of wildflower honey, four and a half gallons of water, uh, an ounce of yeast nutrient. Um, I didn't use any Camden uh, tablets. And then five packets of Walvin D47. Why didn't you use any Camden tablets? Uh, Because instead of doing the Camden tablets, tablets, which... That just kills things in suspension. I have an electric brew kettle that I can set to um, 63C or 145 Fahrenheit uh, for an hour to pasteurize it and kill everything. So I did that instead. <laughs> Look at the final gravity on this. 0.998. Yep. And that's what it measured out to. I'll be goddamned. Um, <laughs> yeah. So very simple. It's dry. Um, and I didn't do any water. Like I first mean, I didn't know what I should do to my water. So all I did is I ran it through an active carbon filter. Um, like I do with my brewing water and, uh, there's nothing to hide behind besides, uh, honey. And so it tastes like, uh, tap water mead. I have a question. What does nine pounds of honey look like in volume? Uh, about a gallon. Thank you. Yeah, I was, yeah, about a gallon of mead, or a honey. Did I ever tell you about the time that I did the the Big Veer's beer cup at the Renaissance Festival, and I went there to to judge, like, a BJC, BJCP judging section, and they were like, do you feel comfortable doing the mead 
section and I did and there ended up being like eight oh, no. meads to do. So do the math. Five ounces of mead times eight. That's I drink 40 ounces of mead. That is what two bottles of wine. Yeah, by the fifth mead, I w- I didn't know what was what was up, what on. was down. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "There's a n- okay." Here's the next one. I was like, "There's more," <laughs> and they were like, "Someone." I remember someone shoving the bowl of bread at me, like <laughs> just like Brian eat some bread. And yeah. I was like, "Okay." That was wild though. Um, Judging meat is very is very different than than beer. I mean, you're sort of trying to pick out some of the same things, but it's and and that's what kind of piggybacking on that is this wildflower honey. I think is an interesting choice because I would say that most beginner meads would come with um, your um, orange blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you get more pleasing results with that, but doing like a wildflower, a clover, or gasp a like a buckwheat honey probably isn't your best choice for your first mead necessarily but you know whatever yeah yeah i mean they're definitely like it has a more distinct flavor than like orange blossom or blossom well we'll we'll get into that in a minute um so other things i I did probably got ahead of the no no no, you're fine you're good (laughs) you're good um other things i did differently i was a little bit worried about infection so i brought the honey water mixture up to 145 or 63 uh for pasteurization for about an hour then i put in fermenter ran it through the or ran the cooling coil to bring it down to 86 fahrenheit fermented to 86 um and then after kegging i ran co2 how active was it i don't know i left okay yeah, I was... I disappeared for a month. Thinking you did. Yeah. Uh, did a blow-off on it? Then? Yep, yeah, I had a blow-off on it. Assuming. Um, <clears throat> after kegging, I ran CO2 through the mead to off-gas uh, any sulfur. It really... Did you... Wait, okay, keep going. No, no, that's, that's, that's all I had. Okay, well, because it is not still. It is. It is not. It is. It is a carbonated mead. Okay, so you did carbon. I did carbonate. I was gonna say. I wondered if it. Yeah, just... and I, I wanted a not still mead. I like not still meads. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know. I like. I like my meads to drink more like a beer. Well, that's why uh, Jacqueline, when she drank it immediately, was like, "This tastes like a beer." And it's like, well, I think part of that is, you know, it's the, not still. It's not wine like. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, sparkling or carbonated mead to me seems a little unconventional. A little bit, um, but so uh, for a first, for a first one, Gronfeld does all theirs uh, carbonated, and like so, it's not carbonated to a ton. Like it's, I don't know, maybe a I almost wonder. And a half. <coughs> I wonder, you know, you're a you're tr- <laughs> you're trying to be a mead company, especially in America, and you do what like a SWOT analysis, and you try to figure like. You know, are we gonna just lose our shorts not carbonating this? I mean, maybe. Yeah, um, but yeah, they do all like all all of their cans that you buy are carbonated, mm-hmm. um, and they're not like highly carbonated. They're just like it's just enough for you. Like, oh, it's carbonated. Do you remember us sitting around a campfire and drinking mead, drinking, drinking Grönfeld mead, drinking Grönfeld mead, mead, and then like shortly thereafter, like it popped up on somebody's phone. Yep. Like <laughs> I was like, oh no, that was for backyard Renfest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, for a first attempt, what do you think, Brian? Like, tell, tell me, tell me what you think about this mead, let me know. So, the nose, uh, 
with this wildflower honey, it's it's very distinct. So it's almost got a nutty character to it, which is very interesting. It's uh, sweet and floral. It does smell like f- almost um, freshly mown hay. Oh um, yeah, is is where I'm going with it. Very much uh, that sort of a sweetness on top. Um, I'm not getting. I tasted this already, so it's yeah throwing off what I'm describing as the um, aroma. Uh, so I'll admit that, but it it just it smell it smells like a mead. <laughs> it does. Uh, it doesn't smell like as sweet as some meads I've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely like it. It's more muted. It's very definitely, but also I mean we're the consider the glassware too yeah. like. Um, we're not, if we had like a big open wine glass, I think would probably be the proper glassware for this, but you know, we're, I don't know. It's plastic cups at Renfest. Ju- so. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're just tasting it, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, um, I am getting like, a, a, a an unfamiliar yeast character on the nose and only because I just, I don't drink a shitload of mead. Right. And probably that uh, I'm not I'm not and I'm not super familiar with uh D45 either. Yeah, I'm D, D47 or 47, is that what I said? I'm completely unfamiliar with it. Yeah. So I I, D47. Am, I know I'm I know I'm smelling some kind of bready yeasty something um that is really mixing well with yeah. that moan hay honey. Yeah, it's um, not it's not out of place. It's it does, just it, different. it has a cool aroma. It's it's very different. Um there's it's a almost, little bit of um like, not, not Brett-like, but, like, it's in that same vein yep. where, like, almost, almost, like... Almost... Almost sour-like. Almost horse blanket. Or horse blanket, goat. but it's not... Wet goat. But not, not quite that far. <laughs> not, not into yeah. funk, but, like, playing with funk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Super light on the palate, like the effervescence or the the carbonation really pulls it up, but it's also super dry. Mm-hmm. Very dry, very much cider like quality. Um, I'm getting hit with a metallic tap water. Uh, that was my first impression of it, um, which mm-hmm. is a fault, um, but yeah. something that can be remedied pretty easily um, by playing around with the water character. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't dug into what mead water chemistry should look like yet. I, th- and- I think another thing that would probably have helped this along is um, feeding it nutrients along the way, too, I think. Yeah, instead of just the nutrient drop at the beginning, like Mm. doing one halfway through. Yeah, it's tough to think about uncapping something that you're actively fermenting and, like, putting stuff in. Um, Usually a fucking no-no, but... I mean, um, well, what hazy IPAs and biotransformation. Read, biotransform. Read, dry hopping. But, yeah, nutrient-wise, I think would probably have given it um, more more complexity but again relatively uncomplex but yeah uh, it's inoffensive oh completely yeah yep. um uh, honey character um does again i i know where you're coming from with the the it tastes like beer because there is like a bready yeasty mm-hmm. character to it and um I mean, would would nutrient along the way kind of help that out? Probably would. 
I don't know. I just I don't do I don't have I mean I haven't spent, It's no, meat is meat is spent, out of our out of our wheelhouse. I haven't spent the last 20 something years like worrying about, about mead. mead. Yep. Like I it's been beer. So. Uh yeah, anecdotally, uh Carlos has taken to it like a fish to water. Um, well, it's like it's <laughs> it's high alcohol. I'm surprised Gordon hasn't been living over here too. Yeah, he hasn't tasted it yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just went to Casey's and I didn't leave for three days. Yeah, I had a couple of sessionable beers. <laughs> this helps me not think about paint. <laughs> My favorite is that he listens to this show, and whenever yep. I say, like, talk some shit about him, he'll you text. get a text. He'll be like, oh, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. For a first meet, I, I like it. There's things, I, there's things I would change. Great for a first um, meet. I would definitely mess with the water chemistry. I think that would, like, considering it's two ingredients, um, mm-hmm. and I half-assed it on one ingredient, I should probably fix that. Yeah. So I will say I I loved the the brew day for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh cuz I put some sugar in a pot with some water and let it sit for an hour at a temp and then I put it in a fermenter and then um I rinsed the pot. Oh and I didn't have to like throw like muck a bunch of grain out. I didn't have to like scrub scorching off anything. You didn't or, have to you didn't have to decoct it. <laughs> Oh man, I'm never doing a decoction, intentional or otherwise, again. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, what, what, I'll just, what I'm did, just gonna give up. What did he? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? It's he a, gave it's me not permission a, to not put that on the list. It's not a brew day unless there's a cock up. There is that. <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's talk about. Mead, and to talk about mead, we have to talk about honey. So there are apparently a buttload of different types of honey. Yeah, uh, we had some in New Zealand called uh, what Manuka honey, uh, which is like from the Manuka tree is where it gets all of the the bee juice. So the Manuka tree has a natural fungus that grows on its bark. So it's a characteristic of it. More Manuka y. Um, also, this is a fun tree. It's a fun guy. <laughs> a lot of the honey in New Zealand was unfiltered. Yep. Um, so having a filtered honey means that it won't crystallize. So something you get in like the little bear at the store, how it can stay liquid for a lot longer. Usually that would be unfiltered honey versus something that you're immediately scooping out or can't even see through when you get a lot of like natural apiary farmed honey. So manuka honey like that. Yeah, it was unfiltered. It was it was really unique tasting. I had never tasted honey like that. I think some of that came from the unfiltering. Yeah, it had that like, like it had like a nutty, fruity flavor that was. It was stronger. It was very strong in flavor. Yeah, like less sweet, less citrus forward, le- more. I don't know. I'd have to taste it again. I didn't right. realize the flavors, but it was. Yeah, like earthier, yeah. if anything. Um, but uh, commonly around us, there's a few like very common ones. Uh, I had pulled out one, two, three, four, five here that we're going to talk about. Um, and you already brought one up. Orange blossom honey uh, is kind of when we think of honey, orange blossom uh, is kind of like the mead maker beginner honey. Um, so it's described as a monofloral honey, which means one one flower, mono, 
meaning one, floral, <laughs> meaning flower. That's right. I know Latin now. Um, <laughs> that, none of that's Latin. Uh, <laughs> um, it's commonly produced by bees that collect nectar and pollen from a variety of citrus trees that are in bloom at the same time and in the same region. So for us, a lot of uh, orange blossom comes from uh, Florida, California, any of like the tropical regions of the U.S. or Mexico. Um, and it tastes like traditional honey, but with hints of citrus and a light, refreshing sweetness. So it's like, so if, if I had made this with orange blossom instead of wildflower, it'd be a little sweeter, a little lighter. Um, it'd be more like what you think of as Renfest mead, I think. It'd have more of that, like that citrusiness, that oranginess. Um, the next one that we're going to talk about is clover honey. This is a very common uh, honey. This is when you get honey at the grocery store, most of the time it's going to be clover honey or the farmer's market. That's going to be clover honey. It's just very common in the U.S. Um, saturated with aromatic, mild flavor of clover blossoms. Clover honey is the best known honey variety with the largest annual production. It has a sweet, mild taste with a hint of cinnamon and a light golden color. Cinnamon? A little cinnamon. Just a little cinnamon. A little cinnamon in the honey. Uh, then we have blended honey, which Blunny? is blunny. We got some <laughs> blunny over here, uh, <laughs> uh, which is just sort of it's it's blended from multiple sources, usually to hit a certain color profile. So you get a lot of uh, marketing. Well, yeah, it's it's like anytime you're blending, you're trying to get a consistent flavor, right? That's why uh, sours are blended. It's why whiskeys are blended. Um, it's why anything's blended is you take it from multiple sources and you can like build the flavor profile to what you need. Um, same thing with this. Usually, uh, for blended honey, you're not necessarily trying to hit a flavor profile. You're high, you're trying to hit a color profile. Um, so you get a consistent neutral flavor profile. It just tastes like generic honey, regular ass honey, just honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have wildflower honey, which is what I used in this mead. Um, wildflowers, uh, features a select blend of wild blossoms and flowers. Wild, uh, wildflower honey is collected from any variety of wildflowers, depending on the season and region that they're in bloom. Um, it taste varies depending on the flowers it's created from. However, it's typically slightly darker than honey, than other honey varieties and has, it has a more robust flavor. So if you look at this, I mean, it's not super light, but it is also like, it's darker than... It is a dark gold. Yeah. Um, the it the honey like itself... Beer. It has the color of beer. It does, actually. Like, it Maybe really... that was part of why you... It straight up looks like Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of does. does. A lot like, of meat I've had has been very, like, bright yellow, like sunshine yellow. Yeah. Like, um, or, like, other fruity... The, uh, the, yeah, the raw fruity. honey itself was brown. Like, it was, like, a light brown. Cool. So that's where a lot of this color is coming yeah. from. Yeah, that's why, like, it, it seems dull, almost. Like, yeah, I mean, Bud Light or, like, Dull Penny. Like, it just, it doesn't have any sheen to it. Can I, can I say something, just circling back a little bit? Earlier you said the honey was um, from the Manuka tree. 
and our guide on one of our tours <laughs> wanted to really specify that <laughs> the honey is from bees and the bees get the pollen or whatever from the manuka tree. The manuka tree itself does not create honey. <laughs> And I'm assuming all of the listeners know that, but they were very insistent that we should all be very... Don't, there's a lot of dumb people, <laughs> all right? And and a lot of the dumb people are Americans, and so... Well, the whole world. They see people from everywhere there, but That's still. true, but... But again... <laughs> it's dumb people all over. Yes. So don't go by a Manuka tree thinking honey is going to be coming out from it. I don't, I don't know if... Uh, I'll ever be by a manuka tree, maybe. Ah, you'll make it there. Maybe. Um, and then uh, the last one I want to talk about is local honey, which is wherever you live, there's probably uh, an apiary near you where you can... Ooh, uh, I'd like to rep fat cat apiary. Yeah, where it's you can uh, mis- get friend honey. Misty. Um, it'll be, like, not necessarily cheaper, but it can be cheaper than buying it commercially. Um, and also you can talk to them and get uh, some of the honey that they can't sell because yeah, it has bee bits and stuff in pet it. the bees if you want. They'll let you do that. Don't pet them too hard. <laughs> Brian, did you ever get a bee beard? No, not yet. Yeah. We should, we should make that a thing. Hey, patrons, uh, Brian's going to set a target goal. And then if we hit that, uh, Brian will get a bee beard. Bee beard. Uh, Is that a thing we can do? Yep. All right. Boom Is that down. like when an uh, apiary person sticks their hand in a beehive and it's covered with bees, yeah. but you do yeah. that with your face? Yeah. yeah. I'm huh. in. I'll do it. Just wear eye goggles. Yeah. I don't breathe in bees. Okay. I'll get you a straw. Oh, I'll remember that. But unless unless you're yelling, <laughs> no, not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Twice he's come up today. All right. Uh, and then <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about uh, that, like, besides, like, so I haven't done any water research, so we're going to have to do a Making Mead Part 2 yeah. where I di- dive into water. But the other thing uh, that we brought up that I really want to talk about, uh, because there's so few things here, uh, we need yeast nutrient. Uh, we need yeast nutrient because mead is just sugar and water. That's all we have. We don't have all these micronutrients and minerals from like when we, when we're mashing grain, there's so many like little things that we get that the yeast needs. Well, yeah. And at, at the base, uh, yeast cell is a, you know, it's a eukaryotic organism that needs all of its vitamins and minerals, just like we do as a multicellular structure. So it makes total sense that we're trying to feed it stuff so it's at its optimum, you know, performance. Mm. That was not the mead. <laughs> <laughs> that was barley wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that has way more flavor than the mead. <clears throat> yeah, weed, weed, mead. <laughs> Where's your brain, Brian? How many meads have you had now? <laughs> just this, Just the one, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Speaking of just one, uh, I had a cake once, and someone said, if you don't cut it and you eat the whole thing, you've technically only had one piece of cake. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Is this how Brian drinks mead? Yeah. I think so, yeah. He just has a straw connected to the keg. To the keg. A giant twirly straw. Yeah. It's like, it's like a camel pack. Usually drink out of a jug. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a mead camel pack. Oh, yeah. two liters. That's how I roll. Uh, the end by, the end, by the end, you oh might just be rolling down that hill. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, yeast nutrient. Yeah, so we need that because there's none of that from honey. It's just it's just not there. Um, so you can buy yeast nutrient. It comes in little jars, and you just dump it in. Super simple. Yeah, there's some some methodology to that. Like doing it multiple times along the ferment um, is common. Um, yeah. I will say it has been really refreshing and kind of exciting to dig into mead. Uh, it's so far outside of my normal fermentation wheelhouse that it's like it's all new information. And so it's kind of fun to share that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I didn't like I don't know. I guess I always just assumed honey was honey. And like I know we've had like different uh, like beekeepers on. And stuff, so, like, I know it's not. Did we ever have Misty on here? We never had Misty on, no. Okay. Well, you should reach out to her and get her on. I don't and see then, why not. Uh, well, first, what I should do is we should reach, or what we should do is we should reach out to her, get some honey, make a mead, and then have her on. Yeah, we. this is a, some months down the road. I think her bees are sleeping still. She actually posted on her Instagram um, recently, and I will shout out the Instagram handle in a second here, but she had... Much like we got a bunch of snow dumped on us again, and so a lot of a lot more trees fell, and one narrowly missed her beehives, which oh, uh, fat cat honey underscore apiary, fat cat honey. I think we follow them on the BNS underscore apiary. One. I believe you probably do. So that being said, check her out. Small local, um, very cool lady. All right. And we're at 40 minutes. We should probably wrap up our mead discussion. 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we will have another mead discussion as we keep diving into this. I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, and if I can find our outro music, you'll be able to listen to something while I'm giving you the last bit here. All right. If you guys have any questions, comments, or show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios, or you can follow us on Instagram at blindninjastudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.